Good morning. It is August 23rd. It is the year 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits. Kaboom! It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. All right, good morning, Saints. So Megan is not with us this morning. Uh, Sarah is going to sing something. Hear my heart? Way to go, daughter. We did it. 
We ditched it. Ah! Oh, no, I thought Oh, I could use a hug. That would get me in those hills. You move down, <laughs> the, down, down, down the hill. Downstairs. Downstairs. Move down the hill. They used to call it downstairs. Just in case any of you haven't been with us in a long time, Josh and Sarah are married now. They live down the hill. They walk up for daybreak. Get their exercise in, coming up oh, yeah. the hill. All right. Good morning. It is a wonderful day, and we are still in chapter 17. We will end chapter 17, hopefully break the barrier of chapter 18 today in the book of Proverbs. i got to have just a little sip. Hold on. Amen. You guys out there with us today? Good morning. Hey, Chastity. Oh, I wanted to say to all of you guys, thank you for praying for me. I can feel your prayers. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so very much for those prayers. All right. Uh, we are in Proverbs 17. We got to 24 yesterday, so we'll take up with verse 25 today. Good morning to all of you, and thank you for blessing Sarah. Uh, let's see. Captions. Verse 25 says this. Are you ready? Lord be with us as we study your word this morning. Mm. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to him, her who bore him. Amen. Now we talked about this yesterday. I mean, we, um, verse 21 talked about he who begets a fool, right? Uh, the father has no joy. And so probably I would say this, me just, this is my personal opinion. I would say that Solomon is speaking from his own personal heart here a lot. You know, he had some kids that would, didn't, wasn't turning out good. Yeah. Right? And, uh, oh, and he also, I mean, he had some siblings that didn't do so hot either. Solomon? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so, you know, he, he understands grief. He understands family grief. And he understands being a grief to your father. I mean, yesterday we talked about Absalom, you know, and Solomon would know all about that story, right? I mean, he's one of the brothers as well. And he's the one that the kingdom comes to. But then he's having children that are bringing him grief as well. And so... Uh, Basically, when our children start making decisions, we, we teach them, but when, when our children make decisions, uh, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, sometimes we have to uh, we have to just let them make their decisions and make them fall. Sometimes we guide them, we, but doesn't it break our heart? Isn't it grief when our children get on a road that we know is going to bring damage to them, if not total destruction, damage to their life. It's such a grief to our heart. It's such a bitterness to the mom, you know, who weeps over children. I don't, I mean, fathers do too. I think fathers do too, but probably, I think mother's love, what do you, what do you women think? I think a mother's love is pretty special. Moms have a, uh, a, a greater sorrow when their kids are making bad decisions, probably. I mean, fathers, it hurts the father, too, and it's a grief to him. 
but sometimes a father can say, hey, they don't want to get what they're deciding to get right there. You know? Yeah, dads can be more that way. Dads can be a little but more that way. The truth is, okay, a son longs for the thumbs up from Poppy. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a definite need there. And I think it does a father, a father gets no greater joy, mm -hmm. you know, than to know their son is walking in the light, being a good man, yeah. growing into a... A good man, a good husband, a good leader, a good father. Um, you know, I don't think a father gets a better joy right. than that either Amen. in his son. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 26. Also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. Uh, remind me later. Hold on, I just had something happen here. Ah, thank you. Uh, a lot of times good and evil is spoken throughout uh, the Proverbs. We're talking about good and evil often and throughout Scripture in general. To punish the righteous is not a good thing. The Bible says, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, right? Or vice versa, evil good and good evil. Woe to those. It's, it's a terrible thing. When what is good and upright and just begins being looked at as it's evil, right? Especially to the point of punishment. But especially to the point of punishment. And so, you know, people are punished for good, and that's not a good thing. Uh, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. Uh, see, in the day that we're reading government, the government structure is kings and princes. So you could translate this for our day if you want to say, how could this speak to our day? When a government is doing good, uh, we need to, we don't need to come against our government when they're doing good, right? Um, it's bad when the government starts punishing good people or, or righteous people. That's a bad thing. But on the flip side, when a government is doing good and upholding righteousness, uh, it's bad for us to come against them. Now, the Old Testament thought would be strike princes, try to come against the prince, the ruler of the land. Uh, that's not good when he's being upright and he's trying to rule and keep a peace in the land. It, it's bad to rebel against government when that government is doing right, especially when that government is doing right. Amen. Now, the next one I put together, 27 and 28 really go together, so I put these together, and we're going to read them together. It says this, He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Now, he may not be perceptive. <laughs> but he's thought wise. But he's thought wise. Because he doesn't open his mouth to prove any difference. When everybody's <laughs> talking, you know, the, 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 the one that's quiet, the one that's not speaking, even today, there's this thought. Okay, they must be really thinking hard, uh, really contemplating what's going on. Golly, my computer's acting up. Really contemplating what's going on. And so when somebody is, huh? Cancel. 
And so when, <laughs> so when somebody holds their peace and they don't speak, even if they're not wise, they seem wise. Someone who speaks a little bit seems wise. And there's another place where it says, it's, you know, it's better for them to, for you hold your peace and they think you're wise than to open your mouth and show that you're not. Amen. <laughs> but here in the first it says, he who has knowledge spares his word. That is to say we're careful. We need to be careful when we're speaking. Okay. Sometimes we speak too fast and too much. Can I get an Amen. Sometimes we say too much, too fast, and what we end up trying to do is take back part of our words. Oh, wait, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. Can anybody amen me with that? There's or, times I'm like, I wish I had not have said that. Or we'll even use more words to try to dig ourselves out of that hole, and it just gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just, uh, I, won't, I won't mention any names, but I mean, I have a lot of things come to me. Words, speaking a lot, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a instance, I was on the phone with a man this week, and uh, him and his wife are arguing, and the kids are arguing, and uh, it goes not to a good place, and then she accuses him, and next thing you know, he goes to jail, and, and everything was just over words, 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 they, neither one of them would quit, fussing, and it escalated and escalated and escalated. I'm telling you. Uh, knowledge, we need to be careful and, and speak slowly, especially us men. Sometimes we need to be careful what we say. And then it says, a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. A, a cool temper shows an understanding man. Someone is calm and cool and collectively collected, we say. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Not being hot-headed, not jumping to conclusions, not being quick with words. Uh, that's that's a person of understanding. Slow to speak. I, amen. And then it goes on to say, even someone who is a fool seems wise if they'll keep their mouth closed. So, <laughs> need to keep our mouth closed a little more often, probably. What, what time we got? Oh, we're still going. We're still rolling on because Megan isn't here as well. It does change the situation. So, verse 28, that ends chapter 17. So, let's break into chapter 18 now. Are you ready? So, now we're in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. But he who rages against all, oh, excuse me, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, different commentaries are going to say different things on this proverb. To me, it's pretty cut and dry. The second uh, line, he rages against all wise judgment, explains the context of the first in my mind. So I received, and I have not replied to it because I can't find it, but I received a question from some way, someone. Do you believe in oneness? Do you believe in the Trinity? Just so everybody knows, I believe in the Trinity. I believe we worship one God, who the Bible is very clear is manifest into three persons. It's God, one God, but we see that God as a family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And even at the baptism of Yeshua, 
what happened when he was baptized. And when he came up out of the water, what happened? There was a word that came from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, where's the son? He's standing in the water. What about the third person of the Godhead? And the, I saw the Holy Spirit in the form like a dove and it come and rest upon him. Okay? And so there's no way to get around that. That the Bible says we have one God. We serve one God. It is one God. But that God, our God, is manifest in three persons. Even in the very beginning, he says this. Let us make man in our own image. And so the Bible is clear. You, you cannot be consistent with the Bible and not see the us and the our and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that is to say, this proverb speaks to community. It speaks to family. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. To isolate yourself from your friends and your family and your loved ones is selfishness. Yes, amen. What it means is you are not willing to sacrifice. Their sacrifices has to be made to live in community, to, to live in family, to live with others. But that's how you're created. God created man in his own image, meaning he created man to live in community. And that's why I can tell my wife is anxious to say something. That is why the devil, the enemy, the serpent, the enemy of our souls is trying his best to break apart families. Amen. This is another reason when the lion, the Bible portrays Satan like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, do you know what a lion does? A lion gets a whole pack of uh, whatever he's chasing running, but he can't take on the whole pack. The one who splits off from the pack, the one who isolates himself, the one who gets away from the group, that's the one now that gets pounced upon by the enemy. And so the devil, the enemy, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, spirits of wickedness in high places. The enemy wants to cause people to isolate themselves. And this is what this proverb says. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He's selfish. He's pulling away. He can't live with sacrifices. But he rages against all wise judgment. It is not wise. It is not good. Okay, let's see what Lisa has to say. Go. Well, I think he said it all. No. Um, <laughs> I know that I have at times had to battle this. Isolation? Isolation uh -huh. thing. And I, I mean, I, I can speak to this from a place of someone who has to fight it. There are times I won't leave the house for a week or more. Sometimes if I get somebody else to pick up groceries. You know, <laughs> but I didn't used to be that way. I used to really like to have a lot of... Uh, of fellowship and stuff and so it's something that I've had to battle more as I've gotten older uh, but it is just like you said it's not only selfish it's unwise it's 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 very unwise you do yourself harm uh, we were created for relationship that's the whole reason God made us is because he wanted to have a relationship not... with us and he wanted us mm -hmm. to have relationship with one another God said 
it is not good for, for man, man to be to alone. Be alone. So and uh, I would also suggest that if you are in a large church, now both of our congregations are, re are, are relatively small congregations. If you're in a large church, be sure that you find Get a in small, small group, group situation, of people yeah. that you can disciple and be discipled by and be accountable to that is going to notice when you're not there. Mm -hmm. And they're going to call and say, hey, you know, we noticed you hadn't been coming to this or that or the other, and we miss you. Come yeah, on one, of the, one of the reasons people, uh, and I have nothing against large churches, so this isn't a cut in any way. I have nothing against them. It's just large churches, you must understand that it's easy to get lost in the crowd and no accountability, and we need accountability in our life. Now, let's, we need to qualify what you said a minute ago about getting away. It is biblical and good to get away for a period of time in fasting and prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm we're not, not talking about that. No. I, I just felt like we really should qualify yes. that. But here's another thing. You can be isolated in a room full of people. And mm -hmm. technology today makes that a whole lot easier. So not only do we battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against the telephone. Because people are creating whole virtual worlds where they just go into this and that and that's is, where they live that's where they live yeah. that's their thing you know and 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 yeah the, you're getting mental stimulation but jesus said love your neighbor as yourself mm -hmm. he did not mean that person you follow on youtube that person don't know you exist you think you're in their world but you're not they don't even know you yeah you know and so it's important to have real life flesh and blood people in your life that you can speak into and that can speak into you Amen. it's very very important so Amen. don't be foolish and isolate yourself i'm yeah. preaching to the choir y'all yeah and 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 that's what i think i take this proverb to mean you know it's it's really not wise and you're seeking your own desire i mean sometimes people's like i just want to get in my own my little bitty place i want to have nothing to do with anybody because it's, it's hard. Yes, I get it. It is hard. It is hard. It's true. It is complicated. It is messy. And sometimes people family don't understand is, you, and that's okay. Me, family is messy. Amen? Amen. But it is in family where you learn to mature and grow and forgive and and sacrifice. You have to sacrifice, you know. you We, we are supposed to live a life where we learn that our life is not all about me. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact... It's supposed to be, and actually, even in Christianity, you know, there's this, uh, there's been these time periods and these sections where Christians, followers, even the Lord, want to uh, withdraw from the world and go into a little hiding place somewhere and have a few people around them and not engage with the world. The Great Commission does not allow us to do that. Amen. We must. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a time period. I believe in. Uh, raising children in safety. I believe in uh, there being controlled exposure. Yes. Definitely. And so there is wisdom, but, but there's wisdom. You know, you can't preach the gospel to every creature. You can't disciple all nations without going out there and, and getting to know them. Yeah. You know, one of the things we've been talking about in Church Without Walls, we talk about different things that starts coming into town. Uh well, are we getting to know them? You know, how are you going to influence them by just saying just we have got a disconnect in Christianity. Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. 
you know he was an outlaw in his day? Yeah. He really was. And you know why people got so mad? They're like, I can't believe, what do you mean you're, you're eating with tax collectors and sinners? You're hanging out with the refuge of this culture. Don't you be around those people, Jesus. Don't you understand? Jesus says, hey, the sick, the need, sick the need a doctor. Yeah. It's not the healthy. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he made a point to hang around with the people that nobody else wanted to have anything to do with. And the whole point was to love on them and to show them God's compassion, God's love, that maybe they would repent and turn to God and be born again. But the guy down the road, you know, that you think is into something that you don't like or that's taboo in your mind and you're like, I ain't ever going to have anything to do. The only... The, the only time the Bible tells us about disfellowshipping and cutting off fellowship, that's within close communion with people who are supposed to be mature believers who then turn from the faith and start working ungodly, walking ungodly. Then the Bible says, okay, separate from those guys. Why? Because they are misrepresenting what it means to be uh, a Christian. And if you will follow the true spirit of God, not we, religious we went spirit, over, so. but <laughs> if you will follow the spirit of God... The Spirit will let teach you know. Teach us. He'll teach us, yeah. It will let you know when to break fellowship, when not to break fellowship, you know. But we have to not isolate ourselves. It, it is imperative that we take the commission seriously, yeah. that we take the commandment. Second greatest, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as, your as yourself. You cannot do that sitting alone yeah. in your room. On your phone or your computer. Or your Maybe computer. we'll start out with this tom yeah, to, tomorrow because this seems like a very strong pull uh, on this subject. You know, and they asked Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Then he told about the Good Samaritan. And anyway, love you guys. Thank you for being here this morning. Remember to let your light shine on somebody. Let it shine on somebody. Okay. If, the, if a room is dark, walk in there with your light and love on people. And when people want to know what makes you so bright, happy, full of joy, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Yeshua. Okay? Don't forget to tell them about Yeshua. Okay? <laughs> gotta, we got to tell people about our Lord. He's the one that gives us life. All right. Love you guys. Oh, let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, love you, saints. Thank you for being here. See you tomorrow. Bye.